Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. All right, welcome to My Millennial Property. You're with John Pigeon, and I'm joined once again by Emily Wallace. How are you, Emily? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Very well, thank you. Uh, it's a beautiful day here on the Central Coast, so I'm keen to get out and explore a bit of sun later on today. Sounds like a plan, rubbing it in. I'm still stuck in uh, lockdown in Melbourne. Thank you very much, John. Oh, sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> Look, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have the pleasure of Eric Korn from handovers.com with us today. Hello, Eric. Hello, John. How are you, mate? Very well, thank you. Now, before we get into handovers and and chatting to Eric about what handovers does, uh, we need to shout out to Wellman Finance, Sean and the team. They support the podcast and without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Um, So really appreciate their work. Uh, If you want a mortgage broker that's sophisticated, love what they do, passionate investors themselves, then look no further than Sean and his team. Um, just put them in the mix. You don't have to. We're not t- twisting your arm to go and have a chat to Sean. But if you're uh, if you're stuck for options, they're definitely one that you need to look at. Wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. All right, Eric, tell us a little bit about Handovers, what they do, how they do it, uh, their history, etc. Yeah, so John, um, Handovers.com is uh, we do quality control on brand new properties throughout Australia. Um, we've been going this year. We celebrate 24 years as a as a company doing the inspections. We work for a range of people. As long as it's a new home, we'll inspect it. So we work for you know uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, just the average homeowner who wants someone a, a third party to come in and take a look at their property to make sure it's all up to standard. A lot of investors use us because they may not have the um, you know be able to get to the property or that may not have the nous to know what's what's right and what's wrong. And we also do a lot of work as well directly for builders or developers to keep their quality on track as well during the build and uh, particularly at the at the handover process as well. Yeah, nice. So there's quite a range of services that you that you offer. Um, I, I did a bit of digging on your on your website. Um, so your your father Paul, he was an ex builder. He's been in the industry for for almost fifty years, which gives us an indication of his age. Um, That's right. He. <laughs> I'm sure being a, a builder himself, he saw what went on, um, the standards that need to be maintained, et cetera, and, and as a result, he said, look, I'm going to um, remove myself from the building industry or, or stay in the industry but um, but create this service. Is is that the way it went? Yeah, that's right. Well, what, what he saw, he saw an opportunity because what used to happen, you know, 25 plus years ago was when the builder said to the client, no, that's okay. Well, there wasn't anyone to really get between and say, "Yep, that is." It was always just what the builder said was gospel. Yeah, and a lot of them, a lot of them did the right things, but there was plenty of others that didn't as well, and that still happens today. 
you know, the information that some of the builders will give the client, you know, they might look at something that's defective work, tell them that it's okay, but the client's not really to know if it is or not. They've got to, they've got to take the trust of whoever's telling them the, the information sort of thing. So he saw an opportunity to jump the fence and um, sort of stand on the client's side and say, well, hang on, that's not okay. It needs to be fixed. I think that's a really valid point. I know there's so many first-home buyers who just simply wouldn't know what to look out for in a new build. Like, I actually think there's this assumption that it's a new build, so there's, there's going to be nothing wrong with it. So why would we need an inspection before we, you know, take over the keys, which is so very wrong. You definitely need someone who actually is independent to look over it because, I mean, even myself as an advocate, I'm not a builder. Like, I'd look at it and go, oh, you know, it looks, it's standing up. Everything's in the right spot, um, but defects are so hard to identify if you if you're not in it day in day out. Yeah, that's right. And a lot of the time, um, you know, something that may not look right to the untrained person, there's every chance it may not be defective. But having someone like us to represent them and, and basically say whether it is or it isn't is a big uh, a big help to the clients because then you're you're picking legitimate items and things that are within standard. Obviously, we don't comment on them because they're they're okay. So, Eric, do you have a, a set of guidelines um, for the industry standards that you'd need to adhere to? And, and if so, can you outline how that uh, works? Yeah. So the, the governing bodies, if you take, um, we'll take New South Wales, for instance, um, they use a, a document called the Fair Trading Guide to Standards and Tolerances. Um, that's, what all of, that's what we use. That's what all of our guys use to determine whether or not something's defective work or not. Um, and if it goes outside of those guidelines, then you'll, it'll come on the report. And then, yeah, so each state has their, their individual one. So in Victoria, you've got the, the VBA, which is the Victorian Building Authority, and, Queen, and in Queensland, you've got the QBCC. So that's what, that's what they work to as a, as a good guide as to what's defective work. Right. So I've built a few houses over the years and I've used you guys every time. You probably didn't know that, but I have. Um, <laughs> Now, if there was someone out there that got their house built, didn't know that there was someone like yourself to look independently at their build, how would they know about those guidelines and, and what would happen if, if there was a defect, um, no one picked it up and they moved into their house and down the track there was issues? So you've still got for non-structural defects. You've got uh, like New South Wales actually got 24 months. Uh, Queensland is 12 months. You've got, that, you've got a bit of leeway there to get those items identified to the builder so you can come back and fix them. But the thing you'll run into is if you don't capture them before handover, the physical handover of the keys, that leaves a bit of a grey area as to whether or not that item was there when the owner took possession. Um, for example, you might have a, a cracked tile you know, or a, or a chip tile. So we've seen chip tiles in a house that's been handed over and it's right beneath the kitchen sink. Well... The builder was, you know, fairly within his right to come back and say, well, you didn't put that on your handover report. It's directly under the sink. It's fairly likely that someone's dropped something and it's chipped the tile. So you leave yourself a little bit open if you don't get an inspection uh, prior to handover. And I imagine, you know, someone's been called back to do work on something that looks like it might have been caused by someone who's already taken ownership. The hesitation to fix it's probably quite high. So I think that's a massive takeaway for anyone listening to this who's maybe in the process of building a brand new home and they didn't know about a handover service where you actually have someone independent to engage that. But I have a question for you, actually. How are you received by the builders? Like, obviously, you're coming in to look at 
their work and you coming through might entail them to actually do some more work if you pick up on things that haven't been done correctly. What are your interactions like with other builders? Yeah, listen, the only ones that we really have problems with, and this is my experience over the years, is one, either they've never dealt with handovers.com before or number two, they've got something to hide. <laughs> um, but, you know, once they have a few interactions with us, a lot of them, you know, I always say that we're fair and we're reasonable. So we don't go, we're familiar with the guide as to what's acceptable and what's not. And, yeah, basically the only items that should be in, on our report are things that the builders required to fix. So the, the builders actually appreciate that. And we're, you know, we do a, a, you know, number of thousand inspections a year. So most of them are familiar with the service that we that we offer. And yeah, once once we've done a few, a lot of them actually really like the process because it, it separates that client versus builder, and then we kind of, you know, mediate between the two to a degree. Yeah, I was actually having a, a conversation with Nick, who also works at Handovers, uh, prior to organising this, Eric, and and we had a good chat about that and. I asked the same question to him, Emily, and, and he said, yeah, look, the only ones that don't like us are the ones that are, are not building quality stuff and or <laughs> have these stickers all over their houses when they're, they're completed. So, yeah, um, if you want to find a good builder, ring handovers. <laughs> <laughs> we um, always say we can tell you who's building a good house today, but as for tomorrow, that's anyone's guess. Well, and that's so true, isn't it? Because you've um, – like you might have your – uh, label builders that are really common throughout the country. But uh, on the ground, you've got so many subcontractors, you've got so many project managers that are involved that vary from day to day, week to week. So it, it really is a case-by-case basis a lot of the time, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of variables. Probably the biggest one that we see is workload for the um, for the site supervisor. You know, some of these supervisors that we come across, we've, we've heard of supervisors with 50 jobs now, it's not possible for one guy to supervise 50 jobs and deliver a quality product on every site. Wow. It's just you'd have to be Superman to do that. Mm. And then, yeah, particularly at the moment as well, we've found, John, we're predicting with the – there's been a lot of reports given on the back of the um, the building grant for the, you know, the 25,000. There's been some record sales numbers coming through. And on the back of that, you know, that means they're going to have to – find more trades that are capable of doing a good good product a good um, delivering a good product um, and sometimes when you've you've only got a, a certain amount of trades you can choose from you may have to bring other trades in that aren't as good and yeah obviously a bigger workload you can't focus on each job as much so you tend to see the quality start to reduce a little bit yeah totally absolutely understand that um, look we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Help. So, Eric, I have a question for you. Typically speaking, who is your general client? I know we've spoken um, just before the break about, you know, what you look for in properties and obviously around the new builds. Are you seeing a lot of first home buyers entering that new build market at the moment? Yeah, we do. There's a lot of lot of first home buyers. Like I say, we've got a, a wide array of people that use our services. But it's it's funny the the way that um you know we'll, the guys our guys out on site. You know, I had one just the other day parked up in my car, and there was a couple of ladies out the back of the car, and they they're reading the the sign writing, and they said I didn't know a service like that existed. And it's amazing how many people are, are the same as those ladies. They they're not familiar that someone is actually out there that does that as a service. And you know, goes into bat for them and, and makes sure that what they're they're paying their hard-earned money for is um, they're getting what they pay for. So, yeah, we do find that there's a lot of people still out there that don't know that we're we're around. But we also find that once people have used us for one property, they'll they'll always get us coming back because they they're just really happy with the service that we deliver. So. A loyal customer like John himself, he's, he's been back a few times. So then if if it's not sort of, I guess, common knowledge outside of someone maybe Googling and you pop up on a on a listing, how would people know about you? Is it through conveyances suggesting that they you do due diligence before the final handover or how would, uh, you know, the general um, consumer hear about you? Yeah, so a lot of um, – we have a, a number of several hundred uh, people that recommend our services – and they could be anyone from, you know, property investment companies, uh, mortgage brokers, uh, real estate agents, you know, anyone that's involved with the process. And, you know, we might do a, um, a house on, on a unit complex, uh, sorry, a unit in a unit complex. And, um, yeah, the, the people, they see what we do. And, you know, we had one in Canberra the other day and the guy says, oh, I didn't even know that you guys existed. So I think it's a great idea. Um, and then they'll recommend us to other people that are purchasing in that complex as well. So. So, on the back of that, Eric, have you have you got much opposition? Like, if if a not a lot of people know about you at, or the service that you offer, um, b I couldn't imagine there'd be too many others out there that do it because I don't know of anyone else who does it. Yeah, there is other. We do have competition, yeah, but I guess our our biggest difference is really when Dad started, when Paul started, um, no one else did it. You know, there wasn't there wasn't a service like it. So we've been doing it for the longest and we're the only company the company that I know of that also uh, specialises in new homes. We don't do any pre-purchase. You know, we'll get people ring us and say, I'm, I'm buying a, a, a second-hand home, can, can you help us? And basically we, we can't. That's not, that's not a service we offer. If we know someone in the area that we think might be, um, might be suitable for them, we'll recommend them to them. But, but we really stick to the, to the new home market and try and specialise in that one field. 
That's a good good idea too, I think, um, to specialise in one particular area. So we we talked before the break about Home Builder and how that's lifted the roof off building constructions, no pun intended. But if, if there's someone out there listening saying, yeah, I'm building my home, I've uh, the slab's just gone down, for example, when would they make contact with handovers.com? How far into the process and, and how much lead time would they generally need to, to get you out on site? Good question. So if they're booking a, a handover or a practical completion inspection, potentially you could book that uh, when you sign the contract. Um, that way we're involved from the get-go. You know, we do also offer uh, inspections during the build and that's any time from frame stage. Um, but the, the vast majority of the stuff we do currently is at uh, practical completion or handover, but they are some services that we offer as well. But, yeah, the sooner you book it, the better. If you were getting closer to the practical completion date, generally the builder will send a, um, a letter out probably about two weeks prior to practical completion uh, to let you know that the house is, you know, a couple of weeks away from PC. Um, and then, yeah, that would be a good time to get us involved. And lead times, lead times are generally anywhere from five to ten working days to get us booked in. So, mm. so yeah, always, always better to be more prepared and often – when it gets to that end stage of the build, you know, people are thinking about tenants or they're thinking about furniture. Yeah. They're not thinking about getting the inspection booked and they might overlook it. So it's a good, always good to get it booked in sooner rather than later so you know that's um, that you're covered. Yeah. yeah. And I know from experience with, with the process that we deal with with clients when we're building um, that it's it's just a common conversation that we'll have with them is is get your insurance ready, get your depreciation schedule in order, um, get, choose your property management specialist um, to, to rent the place out and then to, to book your handover inspection. But the, the letter that comes out from the builder is not contact handovers. It's if um, for you to inspect it, um, come on these dates, for example. So they're assuming that the actual client or the individual goes out and and performs their own inspection, um, not not giving you guys any new business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's sort of we go back to some people aren't familiar with the service. Yeah, and you know we've we've seen it time and time and time again where you know some supervisors because really sometimes our list can make the it harder for the supervisor to close the job. And when the, when the project builders, when they get towards the end of a project, they're looking to get it off the books. You know, they're looking to get that one off so they can start another usually. And so, you know, they may overlook things and say, no, that's acceptable, let's hand it over. And for an untrained person, they're not to know. You know, that's what's important to have someone comes through that, that knows what's acceptable yeah. and can say to the builder, hey, listen, you've got to get these things fixed up and then, then we're all good to go. So Yeah, absolutely. No, that's awesome. And... Uh, I know, again, through personal process that you offer one or two visits, don't you? So there's the initial come out, give me a defects list that might have 20 or 30 items, hopefully the less the better, means a better quality build or finish. And then the client can then choose a second inspection by yourself after the builders rectified those issues um, to just to make sure that they've all been ticked off, uh, t- ticked off on. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And I always suggest that people go for the two-part inspection. Um, you know, at least that way we're going in for the first, we, we issue the builder a list and then we, we come back out usually about 10 working days after that and then we'll check that everything's been um, rectified, rectified appropriately. So Yeah, awesome. 
And I guess in an ideal world, you know, we're talking about timeframes before about when to engage you. I guess it would be ideal to engage you to do that, report the defects, get the builder to fix them all and you to come back and tick them all off and have completed before someone hits settlement for a new build. But if they engaged you too late and they've already settlements gone through and we're chasing up the builder, who is it the client's job to chase up the builder for those defects? Does that sit with them now as the owner? to do that? Yeah. Are you saying if they'd had a first inspection carried out by us or? Yeah. So they had a first inspection carried out by you, but they've now settled on the property. Perhaps they've, you know, got tenants in there or they've moved in and they're trying to get the builders back, which I imagine could be quite painful for some people to come back and actually fix things up. Is it, it's the owner's responsibility to, to be chasing that up, correct? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes some builders will, you know, they might send photos to the client and say, listen, it's been fixed up. Um, we've had issues in the past where, you know, it's not every builder, you know, most builders are pretty good, but some builders have sent photos of a different job site of the issue, you know. So, so yeah, that can be a bit of a problem. And that's, that's one of the things with photos, you know, you don't, you're, not, you're not really to know. But like I say, most builders are pretty good and wouldn't do things like that, but we have seen it in the past. So. I'm sure you have. And that, again, comes down to how long you've been in the industry to know, uh, the law of the land, someone that's just starting up a business like that tomorrow is, um, yeah, going to be a bit um, gun-shy of all that. So uh, a couple of questions, elephant in the room. Um, number one, tell me you've got a defects list. They're itemised 1 through to 10 or 20 or 30. Uh, what would you call a bad experience? Um, is it 30 defects? Is it 20? Is it 40? What What are the some of the worst? Obviously, don't name the builder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it won't be any of that. But, um, yeah, listen, we've had um, – We've had, you know, like a duplex. We've had duplexes go close to 200 written items. Wow. What? 200? 200 yeah, so individual defects. Our inspectors tend to see red when we see things like that. Thankfully, we don't see a lot, but we do We do see them. Um, and we'll have houses, you know, it's, it's not unusual. We'll have houses close to 100 written items as wow. well. So, that is astounding. Yeah. Wow. And, and what would you consider to be a normal number? 20? Yeah, normal number. I would say an average um, number of written items on a house. If you look at around about, say, 25, somewhere, somewhere around there. Right. Okay. Um, and it's also, you know, sometimes you'll get a report that might have, let's say, 35 items, written items on it. Well, uh, you know, it's not necessarily that that's a bad house. They may just be a lot of small things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so that's important as well. Sometimes the, the items that are on there are, are generally pretty minor. Yeah. Um, but you could, likewise, you could have a house with 20, but there could be a few, you know, really major items on there that could take a, a little while to, for the builder to fix. So, yeah. Okay. And, and any good experiences you've had of late, you and your team? Yeah, for sure, John. Um, yeah, we've had, uh, you know, you get a house under 10 minor items or around about, you know, even 15 or less minor things. Um, that's really good. I, I think you yourself, you may have had some recently. We have had uh, builders get zero. They're wow. pretty few and far between. Um, often with that, you know, you may have a supervisor that's on site and the things that we're picking up are, are really minor and he can fix them as we go. Yeah. Um, and if, if the guys are delivering a good job, we're, we're more than happy to allow, allow them to do that. You know, if they're just a screw cover here or something, you know, a cap missing there, that's that's fine. It's it's all about working towards the same goal of delivering a good product for the for the end buyer. 
Yeah. So when we when we talk to clients and and our listeners about how how this process evolves, it, it's um, obviously you need to relate with the parties that you're dealing with, uh, but you need to have a good quality product at the end of the day, don't you? And and I suppose the defects list is one guide for that. Um, unfortunately, it's at the end of the build, so it's too late to pull out of uh, the decision to use that builder once by the time you get the defects list yeah. of a uh, 100 items. But I suppose it's um, uh, going forward um, before you're making the decision to engage with a, a builder, um, it, uh, it's, it's really looking at their track record and their, and their quality that they have built in the past. Mm. And it's also good. I always advise clients as well before they do anything, if they've got direct contact with the builder or the marketer, whoever it may be, just to just to say to them, hey, listen, we're thinking about getting handovers.com on board to inspect it. Do you have any issues with that? Yeah. You know, and if they, they start to um and ah and, and worry about it, well, you know, there could be could be something fishy going on. But That's you know, awesome. make it known to them from the get-go that someone's going to be coming through and having a look at it. Yeah, for sure. And just off the um, off the top, what sort of price would you expect to, to charge for, say, two two inspections? Yeah, so it depends on region, but as, as an average for an for an average size size house, you'd be looking around about the five hundred and fifty round about there for two inspections. So obviously, for the first, we'll go out, identify an issue, the report, yeah, and then yeah, we wait that ten days and, and come back to um to make sure everything's been rectified. Yeah, so if if you've got a three hundred thousand dollar build, um, spending five fifty is probably not too much of a bad decision to um, make sure. Yeah, you that divide you... that into the cost of the house, and it's yeah. pretty cheap insurance. So. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And and just on those the areas you spoke uh, about, how you cover various areas around the country. Uh, are there any areas that you don't cover for just for the listeners? I suppose thinking about building and then using handovers. Yeah, we do do a lot of uh, regional work. So we do all the major major capitals, and we do we we will do regional. We get to do one at you know Alice Springs or anything like that. Um, but yeah, most you know within a two to three hours of the major cities, we'll we'll service those areas. So. Okay, cool, excellent. Emily, did you have any final questions for Eric? Not so much questions, just generally um, I've learnt a lot today and I'm sure our listeners have as well. I just think it's the timing of your service is really important in the property journey when someone's constructing a home um, and to know when to engage you so that they can maximise that defects list to be completed before they even move in or have tenants move in. I think that's a big takeaway from today. And I think another thing, a measure of actually knowing about your services and mentioning to a prospective builder to say, you know, would it, I'm just letting you know that handovers will be coming in um, at the completion of this job. I actually think that would be a preventative measure for any defects that, you know, they might try and cut corners on. So I think that's a really good tip from today's episode. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic name too, isn't it? It really applies to the role that you play <laughs> with the client. Yeah, yeah no, when, uh, when Dad started money, he thought, well, how can I, you know, and back in then that was the dot-com era. Yeah. So, you know, he thought, what do I do? Handovers. Everyone hears that that phrase when they're building a house. Yes. And then he thought, well, dot-com, that, that pushes them to the website. So, yeah, yeah that's how he- how we ended up there. Very smart, your father, Eric. Look, it's been a pleasure. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to come on today. How can our listeners find you? Yeah, so um, www.handovers.com. Um, you can book your inspection straight through there. 
Um, but, if, yeah, if you've got any other questions, you can go give the office a call on the one three hundred number. But, yeah, handovers.com. Appreciate it. Pretty straightforward, isn't it, Emily? Very straightforward. We like simple. Yes, we do like simple. So, yeah, look, as always, uh, listeners, appreciate your support. Head to our Facebook page and have a play around there and ask some or, or give us your uh, thoughts on particular topics going forward because we, we love to get your thoughts and roll with those. But, uh, Eric, it's been a pleasure having you on today and, uh, and all the best. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, guys. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Special thanks to Wellman Finance, our podcast partner. Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner, providing education and support as you take each step. For more info, check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash m3 if you want to really turn up your property education and information journey make sure you check out the solvair property and finance academy this is an amazing online resource that john has put together it's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers whether for their home to live in or an investment property or if you're a seasoned property investor this online academy is for you check out the link in the show notes it will change your life if you let it. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 